Our Bible reading tonight is from Matthew 13. And we're going to read from 24 to 30 and then jump over to starting back again at verse 36. So it's the parable of the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And now on to verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. This is Jesus. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. So Jesus answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of God, Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Hello again. There we go. That helps. It's always good to unmute yourself. Now, uh, there was, um, I said last night at the Friday gathering that uh, a number of years ago, I was on a church working bee, and my idea of doing any sort of gardening work usually involves things like whippersnippers and chainsaws. Okay, so if it's not either of those two things, I'm not that keen on any gardening. But I noticed that there was this dear old lady who was very lovingly and patiently pulling out the weeds of the flower bed because there were these beautiful flowers in the garden bed, and I thought, oh, isn't that lovely? And I came back about an hour later, and she'd only done about a foot of this garden. And I thought, I need to help her. I need to show her how to weed. <laughs> and so I said, look, you keep going. We'll meet, half, we'll meet in the middle. But really, in my arrogance, I'm like, I'm going to plough through this. I'm going to be done in seconds. And so I sat, that's what I did. I, I bent down, and I grabbed the as many weeds as I could get in my hands, and I started yanking. And I went, yeah, this is the best. Yanking, yanking, yanking. And I'm like, 
all of a sudden I'm stepping over the top of this old lady and I'm pulling out and I'm like, I'm done. And I look back to see a traumatised garden bed where the flowers are either, I'd actually pulled the flowers up with the, the weeds or I'd actually pulled so hard, I'd traumatised them so much that they would never grow again. And the, the, this dear, lovely old lady looked at me and just went. <laughs> and then she said, why do you think I'm going so carefully and gently? I said, well, why didn't you tell me that to start with? And she said, you didn't let me. The reason why I tell that story is that this is not a parable about gardening. It's not about weeding. In fact, it is one of the few parables that Jesus tells where he actually explains what it's about. And what he tells us here tonight is that this is a parable about two kingdoms. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at how there are two types of kingdoms. And we're going to look at why it is this way. What does that then mean for the future? And then what does that mean for us tonight? What does it mean right now? So before we do that, I'm going to pray. So let's do that. Dear God, we thank you for this opportunity to slow down and to even have our phones on, um, on flight mode. Father, we pray that we may be able to focus on your word and what you have to teach us tonight without distraction. Father, we pray that as we meditate on your word and as I speak and as the words come from my mouth, even the words that are weak and do not do your word justice, Father, I pray that you would speak so clearly to us, not just through your word but through your spirit as well so that we may see clearly, so that we may know better, but more importantly, so that we would know and live for Jesus more and more. Amen. All right, so we have two kingdoms that Jesus talks about here. Jesus teaches this parable, and what he does as he teaches this parable is he brings this cosmic truth. He brings it down to us and expresses it in a very concrete way. He does it by telling us first that this world today, there are going to be two kingdoms, two orders of reality that are going to grow up and live side by side, vying with each other, competing against each other, seeking dominance over one another. And the second is this, that he's teaching us that there is nothing more important in this life no, nothing more important right now, even the Matildas game, is more important than anything. To know the difference between these two crops, these two kingdoms, and to which one you and I belong to. He's saying there is nothing more important right now than to know those things. There are two crops, two kingdoms, two orders of reality side by side in this world vying with each other and it is imperative for us to know the difference between the two and which one we belong to. And so these two kingdoms are the kingdom of heaven, which is the wheat, and the kingdom of hell, which is the weeds. They are the two kingdoms. And we are told that these two kingdoms in this life, in this world, will be walking side by side. 
They will be growing side by side. And he uses the parable of the wheat and the weeds because it's very important and very helpful. Usually Jesus looked around for uh, analogies of things that were around. So he probably would have been looking out over a farm, possibly a wheat farm, as he taught this parable. As he, as he told us about these weeds that were sown in the wheat field. Now these weeds would grow up alongside the wheat and for a long period of time you actually wouldn't know which was which because they looked fairly similar. It wasn't actually until the wheat started to uh, grow and bud and get that little bit of wheaty bit, I don't know what you call that, I call it not good stuff because I'm celiac and wheat is bad. Right? So wheat and weeds is really kind of not working for me, but as they grow, they look very similar until it is very clear that that is the wheat and that is the wheat. Because if they actually pulled it up too early, well, we're told, verse 29, have a look. We're after the, uh, the servant has asked him, should we pull it up? The master says these words. He says, no, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the weed with them. So this is the lesson that would have been helpful for me when I was doing the weeding. Right? Now is not the time to be doing the weeding. the weeding. That will come later. But for now, they will grow side by side. And so too is it in this life that we see these two kingdoms growing side by side. We see good and evil growing side by side. That is what we are to expect. Jesus talks about it often. It is nothing new for us. But why is it important for us to hear this now? Well, the answer is really simple. And that is because of the patience and the grace shown to us by the Son of Man. Here's what I mean by this. We often, and uh, I know that whenever we see tragedy in the world, we see difficulty, we see sadness, we see famine, we see war, we see those horrible images on our TV screen. We cry out to God, how long, O Lord? Just bring it to an end. Just Jesus, come back now. Even if it's just suffering in our lives, we're going through hard times in our life, we just say, God, just come back now. Let's just get this over and done with. Surely it's enough. That's not a bad thing to pray for Jesus to come back. But sometimes what can end up happening is that we can get so impatient with God's slowness that we actually lose sight that in God's slowness, He's actually demonstrating his great patience as he seeks to save those who are far off from him. The reason why God is slow in bringing about the end of the age, the reason why Jesus is slow in returning again to bring an end to this world is because of the patience of the Son of Man which demonstrates his mighty, mighty grace upon us. There is patience before the harvest. Look, verse 30. He said, let both grow together until the harvest. 
At that time I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burnt. Then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. He says there will be a time, but that time is not yet. And so there is patience. There is grace extended. Friends, if Jesus was not patient in his grace towards us, he wasn't patient and gracious towards me and decided to do the harvest of this world to bring an end to it and to gather up his wheat and cast off the weed before April 1997, I would not be standing here before you. Because up until that point, I didn't look weedy, but I looked like a weed. Because I did not trust in Jesus. For some of you, it might have even been a bit more recent. And so here is the thing. God, the one who created the heavens, the earth, the sun, the moon, and everything living in it, created humans. He created Adam and Eve. He created man in his own image. All this happened before the fall, before Adam and Eve, on our behalf, rejected God and said, we don't want to live your way, God, anymore. We want to live our way and do things our way. But ever since that moment, God has been enacting his plan, working out his plan every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade, every century been working out his plan of salvation to restore us to him until it is finished, until it is done. And so we should praise God in his slowness. We should praise God that through his gracious patience that he's still calling more people to himself. Because not all the head of wheat come in at the same time. And if the harvest started too early, then some would be left out. But God knows when each head of grain will begin and knows when the harvest is to come because he knows all things. And so we might think that he's too slow and we are becoming impatient in that slowness. But the reality the reality is that he is working to his plan, not to ours. And we're not very good with that, are we? We're not good when somebody else has a schedule that's different to ours and they want us to work to that schedule instead of ours. But friends, God knows what he's doing. But one day, one day the patience of God will stop and the end will come and the harvest will come. It will come upon us and there will be a dividing of these two kingdoms. There will be a separation of the weeds and the wheat where one group, the wheat, will be glorified and the weeds will face the wrath of God for all eternity. And that's what it means for our future. That's what this parable means going forward beyond this life. Jesus says judgment will come on both the weed the wheat and the weeds. Have a look at verse 41. As Jesus explains, where he says, the Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. 
there will be a weeding out of all the weeds. And here is what will happen to them. Verse 42. They will be thrown into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This group that is referred to as the weeds will not just be separated from God. They will not be sent to a place where there's a party where, I don't know if you remember this episode of The Simpsons, where it's just an endless supply of donuts for all eternity. Again, this would be hell for me. But it is not a place where there will be endless joy and it's not a place where we will party and do whatever we want without restriction. No, this will be a place. Hell is a place of never-ending torment, never-ending destruction never-ending suffering. Hell is very real, no matter how little you, me, or anybody else talks about it. And you might be sitting here tonight and going, well, I don't believe in heaven and hell, so it's not a big deal. I'm not convinced that there's a heaven and hell. Can I tell you this? When you leave this life, when you die, you will be convinced that there is a heaven and a hell. And then it will be too late. The message tonight is not to wait. Do not wait. Because there is another choice. Because there is not just the choice of endless suffering and torment, there is the choice of endless joy and glory. Have a look at verse 43. Where it says, Then the righteous, that is the wheat, will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. See, the wheat will be gathered up and be glorified. We will not only receive grace, as we have here in this life, but we will see ourselves in the full glory that has been won for us on the cross. As Amanda said earlier, through the death of Jesus, his life for ours. Two Corinthians three eighteen tells us that we are being glorified. We are being made more and more in the image of the one who has saved us. We have have received glory, but that glory is concealed. We don't see ourselves as we truly are. One day when we stand in heaven, those who choose to follow Jesus, we will see ourselves, our glorified selves, so bright and shiny we're like the sun. So much so that it's even been said, imagine this, right? It's even been said that if we could right now those who trust in Jesus could see our glorified selves in heaven, if we saw ourselves, we would actually bow down and worship ourselves. That is how fantastic and amazing we will be in heaven. Right? But praise God that Jesus is even more glorious than what we will ever be in heaven. The point of heaven is not what we will look like, but it is who we will spend eternity worshipping and glorifying and being in the very presence of the one who gave his life for us. There is nothing greater, nothing more beautiful than that. Friends, 
there are these two kingdoms and two choices to make. I shared this story last night and I hadn't told this story for a long time. Hopefully I get through it a bit better than I did last night. But often we, as humans, think that we will live forever. Or at least we don't want to talk about dying. We don't want to talk about our death. I shared a story last night about uh, family friends of ours when I was in year six, so what's that, about 12? Thereabouts. Um, And a family friend of ours, uh, um, their son, who was in year seven, so about 13. And one weekend, we were living in Noosa at the time, and one weekend, uh, he and three of his mates decided they were going to go to the beach and go to the sand dunes like I had actually done the weekend before and many of my friends did that day as well and go to the sand dunes and these sand dunes were like kind of cliffs almost and we used to dig tunnels in these sand dunes. It was heaps of fun. It's all the stuff you do as a kid. But on that that weekend, that Saturday, as he said goodbye to his mum and went out and started digging these tunnels with his mate This one particular sand dune that was probably about two and a half stories, three stories high, began to crumble. And so my mate and his mate went that way and the other two went that way. And as this giant wall of sand came down, it went and crushed my friend and his friend. 13. When he walked out the door, He didn't know that was the last time he would say goodbye to his mum. His mum didn't know it was the last time that she would say goodbye to her son. That was the very first funeral I ever went to. In that moment, I learned a very valuable lesson, even though I wasn't a Christian then, and a lesson that we all need to be reminded of is that we do not know how long we have on this earth. We do not know how long we have to make this choice. We cannot put this off till we're old. We cannot put this off to tomorrow. We cannot put this off till I'm in my bed breathing my last. Jesus says this is something that is real and true and something that we have to work out which kingdom we're in, which one we belong and make a choice now. And that choice will not just be a choice for now, but it will be a choice that affects our eternal life. This parable of the wheat and the weeds about these two kingdoms is here to remind us to not get complacent, to not lose sight. The fact that we live in a world that is full of evil, but is also full of good. It is a world that has people who have rejected God, but those who have accepted God. And we understand that until that last person, whoever that may be, accepts Christ as Lord and Saviour. There is still time to follow Jesus. But we don't know when that will be. So don't wait. 
for now. Now is not the time for harvest. Now is not the time for pulling up of weeds. Now, for those of us who do trust in Jesus, now is the time to spread the good news of Jesus, of his death and resurrection, of his salvation, of what he has done for us. Now is the time for the kingdom of God to grow. Now is not the time for us to be selfish or complacent in our salvation. It is not time to keep our salvation to ourselves and not share it with others. Now is not the time for us to become comfortable in our salvation because when we do, we express that we are comfortable for those who aren't saved to go to hell. Do you hear that? When we are comfortable in our faith, we hold on to it, we protect it, we cling to it and we don't share it. And we express that we are comfortable with those who don't know the truth and the love of Jesus to face the same fate of the kingdom that is the weeds. If you have heard nothing tonight, please hear this. The true reality of the end of the age is that some will spend an eternity in heaven and others will spend eternity in hell. That's the reality. And so as I finish tonight, I wish I could just do two things. I could do two things, but unfortunately, my words are feeble and my descriptions are too weak. But what I wish I could do right now is I wish I could just blow the roof off this building and like a curtain, pull back the veil of heaven so that you could see your glorified self, your resurrected self, your heavenly self. That you would see that and not worship that, but actually see who you will be in the presence of for all eternity. The one who gave his life for you. If you are a Christian tonight and you trust in Jesus, I pray that you would see that, that you would know that. So that you would see that and know that so that you would not sit here and go, I enjoy church tonight. Can't wait for the Matildas. Go girls. So you would see that and go, I need to make the most of every opportunity that I have to share the good news of Jesus so that everybody I know has the opportunity to go where I am going, to be where I will be, to be in the presence of Jesus for all eternity. And if you are not someone who follows Jesus yet, or you're just checking it out, I pray that you would see that. So you would see the reality of what we are talking about, why we gather, why we read from God's word, why we sing the songs we do, why we pray the way we do, why we keep mentioning, mentioning this guy, Jesus, all the time. So you would see that and the reality of that and the joy and the beauty of that and grab hold of it and never let go of it. That's the first thing I wish I could do, finish tonight.
Second thing is this. I wish I could step down right here, right now, and that as I step here, I could just, I don't know, with a stomp, just obliterate this floor and that you could see the pit of hell. That you could see the eternity of torment and suffering that awaits those who are outside of the kingdom of God. Those who choose to be the kingdom of the wheat. So that as you look down and you see that, not that you would weep and feel the sorrow, but so you would see the urgency and the great need that you would see the reality that hell is real. That you would see it and you wouldn't want no one to go there. Not a single person. And that you would do all that you could. Make the most of every opportunity that you are given. To do everything that God has given you to do and not let someone go there. but also to praise God that he sent his son Jesus to die for you so you don't go there. That that is not your fate. That is not where you will be. To rejoice and give thanks to him for what he's done for you, to save you out of that pit and to glorify you and to give you something that you do not deserve. And that that would make us not impatient for Jesus to come back that would actually make us impatient in terms of not stopping sharing the gospel of Jesus. That that is all we want to do. That we want to see everybody saved. Let me pray. Dear God, Father, you, you know our hearts. You know our thoughts. Father, pray that tonight that our hearts and our thoughts will be solely on you. Father, we pray that as your son Jesus never shied away from talking about the realities of heaven and hell, that we too would not shy away from being reminded of these things. Father, not so that we would be fearful or scared but so that we may be more urgent in sharing the good news of your son Jesus. Father, thank you for those of us who accepted Christ. Father, we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you that you have saved us. And Father, pray for those of us who don't know you. We're just checking you out. Father, pray, pray that tonight that you may have revealed yourself, that they may... That, we may know you more. Amen.